0: I know that you thought we would not have an episode. This is probably the latest we've ever gone during the week. Three days too late. Sorry to all that. We have been super busy here uh, at the Sylvanics Playcast, but we have some really big things coming up. Sorry about that. I hope everyone has a great weekend and Valentine's Day on Monday. Until then, uh, stick around for a classic episode of the Silver Linings Playcast, and tune in next week where I promise, I promise, I promise we will have a live episode. Part of it was because uh, our special guest was unable to be with us. Big things all around. Big things with myself, big things with my friends. We're all making moves. Until uh, next week, we will see you down the road at Excelsior. But keep listening, unless you've heard this one already. Open the book to page 69 and read and the quality of the whole will be revealed to you ford maddox ford He's kind of crazy, she's a little insane, keeping energy, G really messes with his brain. One is divorced, the other's husband is dead, that's why it's so up messed up in the head. It's a Silver Linings Playcast. Oh yeah. Hello everybody and welcome to the Silver Linings Playcast. As far as I know, this is the only podcast solely devoted to... Talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and The Silver Linings Playbook, the book, I'm your host, Jamie Ward. I think I flipped those how I normally say them. We have a milestone episode for you today. Uh, We have had a bunch of milestone episodes. We had our one-year episode, which I think was episode number 53, Uh, Because it was not a leap year. We just happened to have an extra episode one week when I got very excited uh, early on to podcasting. Technically, there was a lot of episodes that were really not technically episodes. But we recorded them, posted them, and we were counting them. We hit uh, 50, which came right before the 53rd podcast. But 50 just felt like a, a nice big milestone of you know not every podcast makes it to 50 episodes we had the six month episode which was pretty impressive milestone because there is plenty of podcasts that don't make it that far we you know we had our 10th episode there's so many numbers that we could find a significance of but I think anybody that knows anything about anything knows that there is not much more of a special episode than this one this week the 69th episode there's a lot of special things we wanted to do for it, but I think uh, until I'm able to get the specific guests that I want on for this one, uh, which is probably none other than Matthew Quick, author of The Silver Linings Playbook, we are having a very special episode, and I know, I know, I know that we, we might overuse the word special we have normalized the concept of special, saying that every week we have something special going on. But you know what? That's just the way I am choosing to live my life. Excelsior, and you know, carpe diem, seize the day. That's more Dead Poet Society. I know that's actually like a Latin term. It has and and not from Dead Poet Society, but being a podcast that talks about movies, books, specifically one of each. We are using that anyway it is the 69th episode welcome to the 69th episode of the silver lining Playcast. we are going to do some stuff what i what i was saying was special was the quote at the beginning i did something special i paraphrased technically the quote that should have opened it up if i was being technically correct was open the book to page 99 and read and the quality of the whole will be revealed to you Ford Maddox Ford. We did change it to 69 to suit our own personal podcast needs, which I don't think anybody would have any real problem with. This episode, we're going to talk about the significance of why this is such a special number, an important number, not just two to me, to the podcast, to the internet, to the world, to anybody that laughs, 69 is a very special number. And I'm not talking about it as being a funny meme. I am not talking about it as being uh, like some silly thing. No, we are going to let's talk about the significance in many different ways, but let's discuss some of those right now. Uh, we will also bring up the quote at the beginning a little later. Anyway. There are 69 weeks uh, in 1.323 years. There are 69 days in 2.684 months. 69 minutes is 1 hour and, and 15... No, it's not 1 hour and 15 minutes. It's 1.15 hours, which would technically be less than 1 hour and 15 minutes because 15 minutes is 25.25. Of an hour. Not going to calculate that out. Anyway, y'all don't care. 69 years would be 828 months. 69 is a semi prime number, which is a naturally occurring number that is the product of two prime numbers. Now, what we mean by that prime numbers, if you remember in your little school math classes, prime numbers are any number that is only divisible by itself and one. Six is not a prime number. Because 6 is divisible by 3, 2, 1, and 6. That's 4. 9 also. 3, 9, 1. So neither of those are prime numbers. But you put them together, 69 is a semi-prime number. uh, Which can include the squares of prime numbers. Other math terms, 69 is a bloom integer. I'm not even going to explain what a bloom integer is. I tried to look it up. I tried to read it. I read the wiki page on it 69 times and did not understand. That is exaggeration. That's hyperbole. I didn't read it 69 times. It is a reasonable guess to think that I might have read it 6 to 9 times, but I did not. Uh, the 20th of July, 1969, was one giant leap for mankind as Neil Armstrong became the first man to walk on the moon. When I say first man, I just mean he happened to be a man. Anybody can walk on the moon. Not anybody can walk on the moon, but anybody that could walk could hypothetically walk on the moon. Uh, I can't walk on the moon yet because I can't get to the moon, but, but in theory, anybody that has the ability to walk could walk on the moon. Actually, anybody... A little bit more, technically, mathematically, a little bit more than anybody that could walk as is defined as walking on Earth could walk on the moon. Because some people that can't walk on Earth probably could walk on the moon because they're lighter. So if their problem was not full disambulatory, um, you know, disability, or they had some ability to almost walk going to the moon might be able to see them walking on their own. So that's kind of interesting. I just thought of that. That's weird. Not very important. But anyway, uh, 69 is an odd number of ones in binary representation, which is sometimes called an odious number. Binary being the series of ones and zeros that's often used in computer coding or other kinds of science things maybe to uh, represent the the numbers. Um, I understand what that means, but I don't exactly know how to describe it without visual representation. But to any of you listeners that may be listening, that may know about coding or stuff or be learning about coding, that is a little shout out to y'all. Now you're already one fact up more than anybody else if you go to a coding class and everybody's starting with 0% knowledge on coding. Now you know like zero zero point zero 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 one percent more than everybody else does. I don't know why I did so many zeros before the point. You only need one zero to represent nothing. All right. So now here's a cool fact about the number sixty nine. Sixty nine squared is four hundred. No, I'm sorry. Sixty nine squared is four thousand seven hundred and sixty one. Sixty nine cubed is 328,509. Combined the sums of both of those, not added together, but if you just take the the number 4,761 and 328,509, you get every digit, every single digit number possible between 0 and 9. That's 0 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9. It is represented in those two numbers. That's what makes it kind of cool. That's what makes this a special number. We are not talking about this, like I said, as a meme. 69 is the perfect number. Notice how we haven't said nice once on this podcast. It's one of the perfect temperatures. It is the temperature that I always keep the car at. I am too cold at that temperature. But when you're driving, it's good to stay a little cold. Keeps you awake. Keeps you alert. Uh, 69 literally keeps you alive. Okay, on many handheld scientific and graphing calculators, uh, the highest factorial that can be calculated due to memory limitations is 69. So that's right. If you remember back to your little school days, typing away on a calculator, maybe you remember those old uh, TI-84s, were they? The Texas Instrument Graphing Calculators you used to play the snake game on when... You know, you're supposed to be doing math class or something, but we weren't. We were just calculating boobs. Um, but that's that's a silly dirty joke, right? Which has nothing to do with 69. 69 is a very pure number. We're not going to talk about dirty jokes today. Why would we? We're talking about math, and we're talking about podcast and career milestones. So let's go to more science facts about the number 69. The atomic number uh, 69 represents the element... Thulium, which is a lanthanide, does not mean a whole lot to me, but I'm sure that means uh, something to somebody who does chemical somethings. I'm not sure I've ever used thulium, and I don't know what a lanthanide is, other than that being the series of elements that thulium falls under. Also, I might not be pronouncing that right in astronomy. The Messier object, the Messier. Messier object M69 is a magnitude of 9.0 globular clusters in the constellation Sagittarius. 69 was the last possible TV channel in the UHF band plan for American terrestrial TV from 1982 until it was withdrawn on 31 December 2011, which is kind of amazing. Do you realize that the highest? Bandwidth for the highest channel on TVs. I mean, I know I'm restating the fact that I just said, but on UHF band plan for American terrestrial TV, the highest it could go was 69 all the way up until the end of 2011. That is so recent. That is kind of an insane realization to realize how fast technology goes, but how slow sometimes we are also to update these things okay here's a fun and a sad fact there have been 46 different presidencies now we're not talking the total number of terms 21 presidents have won elections for a sec- second term at least some more before they change the laws where you could only serve two terms 13 presidents have served two full terms Uh, including FDR, who was elected four times, but he didn't complete his full fourth term. Forty-five different people have served as president. One person won two presidencies, but uh, did not serve them consecutively. I believe that was Grover Cleveland. I don't know why I'm thinking that off the top of the head, and I'm not sure why I would do as much research as I've done up until this point and not check that one little fact. I even knew that I was going to want to know it later, just not enough to click one extra box. okay, so why does this presidential term mean anything to us? Well when you know calculating different things, I was trying to figure out assuming that we I mean not assuming we are on the 56th president right now, right? We are recording this in 2021. Joe Biden is currently the 56th president of the United States going by presidential administration terms like we were saying differentiating right so assuming that uh, the uh, the the world keeps going the way it is that laws maintain the way they are, everything goes smoothly, not even smoothly, it just doesn't have any major changes to how presidents are elected and the amount of presidents that are elected and that a president gets elected. Hopefully all those things stay the same. That means we are not looking at the 69th presidential election until the shortest 91 years from now. That's assuming that everybody serves only four years but completes that four years Uh, in between now and electing a 69th president the longest we would have to wait assuming that everything goes according to the way it's been going right now that's with everybody serving two terms completely in between now and then we would have to wait 183 years from now so i was saying this is a sad fact Because that means the chances are I'm not going to be around for the four to eight years in which we have the 69th president of the United States. And, man, would I like to be around for that. It's a very small goal. Anyway, so if there's any scientists working out there how to make me either live that long or time travel me to that point, that would be awesome. Awesome is probably an overstatement. Not super important but a nice little thing given the the way this podcast is going um i say that because we've been going for 69 episodes 69 episodes with basically no support i don't want to discount the support i've got i the support i have gotten is awesome I have several friends who have listened to episodes. I have had people that have periodically listened to episodes. I have some awesome people that have been on episodes and some awesome people that I am going to have on episodes. But I'm saying the fact that basically I have nobody that's been listening since the very beginning all the way to the end to every single episode, which is good which is good. I have regular listeners. I have some people, some of y'all have listened to a lot of them or picked up. I don't believe anybody has listened to 68 episodes so far. If you have, if you have listened to 68 episodes, this might actually be your podcast now and not mine. And I'm just a special guest on your podcast because I have not even listened to all 68 episodes of the podcasts that have been out so far. So if you are, get at me, all right? Email me at the playcast at gmail.com, and I will give you all the login information to your podcast, and you're welcome to pick it up anytime you want or allow me to keep being the special guest recording episodes of your podcast. I don't think that's the case, though, and so that's why I was saying if we made it to 69 episodes with, with basically no 100% followers or fan base imagine when we start growing how much uh how much enthusiasm i'm gonna have to keep making these because i have 100 percent enthusiasm to make them right now and there is no reason for me to be making these when i was 69 months old i was 5.75 years that's Five and three quarters years old that's this minis in five year old language and holding up five fingers on one hand and a quarter three quarters of a finger on the other disminis disminis was how old i was at 69 months old i don't have any good stories from when i was 69 months old i wish i did but hopefully i will have really good stories over the next 69 months Let's go back to that quote we had at the beginning of the podcast. Open your book to page 99 and read, and the quality and the the whole will be revealed to you, Ford Maddox Ford. The reason that was a quote that we picked for this episode was because there's a pretty cool thing that, that got changed a little bit for the internet to become the 69-page litmus test for books. Basically, the concept is that you open a book and you can read page 69 and sort of tell if the book is still good at episode 69. I'm sorry, if the book is still good on page 69, if like if, if there is as much thought and quality to the writing going on then as, as you're hoping there will be at the end, or if there was at the beginning, it's probably going to be a good quality book all the way through because people sort of taper off a little bit. They they start writing, they get really excited, and then their enthusiasm tapers off a little bit. That's why you skip ahead to page 69. When people are reading books trying to decide, you know, I don't want to judge it by its cover, but I want to give it a couple pages to see if I like it, you might read the first couple pages. But I can tell you this. I can tell you this is an unpublished author, but an author that has completed a full manuscript of a 300-page novel that... <laughs> The beginning is very exciting. You have the idea in your head, and you are just writing and writing. And you probably have the idea of where you think you're going to go. Anybody out there that's a writer can attest to this, too, can often know that, that when you get to the middle and you start looking back and ahead, where you find yourself will be a lot rockier and more confusing than that conviction you had at the beginning of where you thought you knew you were going. Which is where the page sixty nine test comes from. And I'm saying this if you look it up on the internet, the page sixty nine test uh is a very authoritative metric and And I say that because not just myself, but a bunch of of uh, plenty plentifully established and legitimate uh journals and websites, blogs. I'll use the 69-page test on books and such. And they're not doing this to be funny. It's a good metric. It is a good metric. 100, or the 99-page test that was uh, suggested by Ford Maddox. Ford probably got shortened to 69. I don't know. Maybe somebody thought they were being funny. But 69 actually might be a little better because here's the thing. You want sort of like in... It, it's You're not opening to the middle of the book. You're opening a big chunk in, but considering that novels used to either be really short or really long, back in the day when Ford Maddox Ford was a novelist, 100 was probably a better metric. But 69 actually just makes sense. It is a good, clean number. Uh, a little. Why? Why should we listen to Ford Maddox Ford? Also, also, what a name, right? Ford F O R D Maddox M A D O X Ford. F-O-R-D, again. Who was this man? Well, he was born, I'm going to butcher some of his names, he had a lot of names. He was born Joseph Leopold Ford Herman Maddox Heffer, H-U-E-F-F-E-R. He was born in Surrey, England, and he lived from 1873 to 1939. He was a novelist, a poet, a critic, and an editor. His journals include the English Review and the Transatlantic Review, and he was considered instrumental in the development of early 20th century English and American literature. He was best known for the novels The Good Soldier, which came out in 1915, Paradise Ends Tetralogy, which I believe is five books, and the Fifth Queen Trilogy, trilogy being three books. That, I think, being a little ironic, that he wrote five books, Paradise Ends books, which was a tetralogy, and then he wrote a trilogy, three books called The Fifth Queen. Anyway, not important, not important. The Good Soldier is the best one of those, according to most lists. It is considered one of the greats and included on many of the lists of 100 modern day classic novels, including the Atlantic's 1,000 novels You Must Read. The same list which lists the Silver Linings Playbook by Matthew Quick at what number? 69. That's not true at all. That last part is not true. I actually don't even know if it's on the list or not, but it should be. I think it's definitely the 69th best book. All right, now let's get into some why any of this applies to silver lining's playbook and it's actually amazing. I didn't know any of this before I started research on it. Things just work out perfectly sometimes and that is why this is also why I'm always going to believe that the 69 page, the page 69 test is important and works because it is so perfect. Ladies and gentlemen, the website, the page 69 test which you can find at http colon backslash backslash page six, the number, okay, page, P-A-G-E, six, nine, test.blogspot.com, is a website run by Marshall Zarengu, who I believe is the author of the blog, and does book reviews based on the 69-page test, or basically reviewing and summing up the 69th page of books. He did review The Silver Linings Playbook by Matthew Quick. We're going to take a second and read, this is verbatim, right off of his blog, the 69-page test review from the page, the page 69 test. Pat Peoples believes his life is a movie produced by God, and if Pat improves his character enough, his happy ending will be the return of his estranged wife. After being encouraged by his therapist to make new friends, my protagonist asks the local depressed widow, who has been stalking him out to the diner on page 69 of TSLP, Pat is at a diner with widow Tiffany. Pat looks for the silver lining in any given situation. Although for much of the novel, he is stuck in a state of denial that often keeps him from engaging appropriately with his present reality. Instead of being in the moment, Pat obsesses over his estranged wife. In the diner scene, Pat worries whether he has enough money in his pocket to buy dinner for both Tiffany and himself. He worries that he won't have enough dollars left over for a generous tip, and he remembers fights with his ex-wife, who encouraged tipping generously. Because he is a changed man, because he wants to win his wife back, Pat decides that he will not order a traditional dinner, but the cheapest thing on the menu, a bowl of raisin bran, just so he will be able to leave a big tip. The entire page is basically an internal monologue that is interrupted when the waitress says, Sir? And this is Pat Peoples' curse. Because he is always obsessing about his past, he can never be fully in the present. While Pat's wife has been estranged from him for a very long time, his new friend, his ticket to the here and now, is sitting right across the table, just waiting to be discovered. End quote. Do you know what that means, Do you know what that means? Page 69 of the book, The Silver Linings Playbook, is the diner scene from The Silver Linings Playbook. It is my favorite scene in the movie. It is my favorite scene in the book. It is the most perfect number ever. And what a great reading of page 69 as well. But... The whole, it can still be a date if you order Raisin Bran, comes from my favorite page of the novel. How amazing is that, right? Think about that. It had to be. That is why it is a milestone episode that we are having today. Without a 69th page to the book, we wouldn't even be here today. If that scene didn't exist in the movie, we wouldn't have this podcast. We wouldn't have devoted our life to doing so many just I can't even Excelsior friends. Excelsior. Excelsior. That's all I can say. Down the road, Excelsior, down the road, Excelsior. I'm just being excited. That's not how I'm ending the podcast. We're not ending. We still got a lot more to go to talk about, but that is definitely a significance that when I, when I read this, it just breathed new life into my enthusiasm for Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, the Silver Linings Playbook, the book, and the Silver Linings Playcast, which is, as far as I know, the only podcast solely devoted to talking about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, and Silver Linings Playbook, the book. We're just going to pause for a second. Think about that, right? That's my favorite scene. That's my favorite scene. And I didn't even know that was going to be what was on page 69. If I had been doing the page 69 test, if I had gone to the bookstore and I'd been like, oh, excuse me, uh, sir or ma'am, I've been hearing a lot about this book, The Silver Linings Playbook by Matthew Quick. This is his first book. There's no movie about this. I'm just curious. Maybe I'd like to read it. And somebody showed me a copy in in fiction and I I opened it up and I did this test, I would be sold. That is why I am sold on the 69 page, on the page 69 test for reading books. I'm going to go back to my own book and make sure that page 69 of my book is the awesomest, sexiest, most well-written, engaging, best page of the novel. All right, let's do some more facts about the uh, number 69. There is a song that I am sure many of you, if you are people living currently and who have ever listened to music or been out in the world or are alive, know. And that is Summer of 69, which is a song recorded by Canadian musician Brian Adams from his fourth album, Reckless. The songwriter and collaborator Jim Valance says that the song is about an undisclosed time frame that takes place somewhere between the years 1968 and 1970. There are theories uh, posed by Brian Adams himself, singer and co-author of the song, that the song might be about something a little spicier. I don't like to believe that, though. People don't know what their writing themselves are singing about. I can attest to that. I can attest to both facts. Why would we trust the artist that made the art? Once you make art and it is released to the public, part of what the art is, is what we as the consumer audience sees from it. I know that of the people that do listen to this, sometimes of my friends, you guys are comedians. You guys are writers yourselves, actors, entertainers. uh, There are... um, Some Twitch streamers uh, out there that you all know this plight, this struggle we have as content creators. Sometimes we have an intention of creating something, we know what we want it to mean, we put it out there, and the audience just gets a different message or sees something different in it. And you know what? They're right. They're right. So I think that the summer of 69 is just a sweet song about trying to choose between the rock star life and being a normal, normal boy. And it's about the season that comes in between spring and fall in the years between 1968 and 1970 and nothing else. But who knows? Who knows? I'm not a. I'm not really someone that knows a lot about music or how to interpret lyrics. I don't even know what Taylor Swift's song... Are we out of the woods? Are we out of the woods? Are we out of the woods? Are we out of the... Woods! Um, I don't know what that song is about. I've asked many times, and some people... Almost every person tends to think it has something to do with some, like, relationship meaning... I feel like she was on a camping trip and was like, I lost the map. Are we out of the woods? And dudes just like, see all these trees. And then she keeps asking just, are we out of the woods? Or maybe, maybe she's talking about when she went on a family camping trip and she was a kid. Maybe she was 5.75 years old. Maybe she was 69 months old because that repeatedly asking, are we there yet? Seems like behavior That a 5.75 year old might have. I don't know that. I've never hung out with a 5.75 year old. But from stories I hear. And their portrayals in media. I feel like they would go on a camping trip. And just be like are we out of the woods. 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 Are we out of the woods? Are we out of the woods? Are we out of the woods? Hey, hey, are we out of the woods? 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 Yeah, are we out of the woods? 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 Woods. Are we? Are we out? Are we out of the woods? Are we out of the woods? Are we out of the woods? Are we out? Are we? Are we out? Out of the woods. Are we out of, are we out of, are we out of the woods? Are we out of the woods? Are we out of the woods? Are we out of the woods, woods, woods? Are we out of the woods? Are we out of the woods? Out of the woods. Are we out of the woods? Are we anyway? That is my impression of somebody that was five point seven five years old asking if we are out of the woods yet. Is that what the song is about? I don't know. I have no idea. If you have any idea what are we out of the woods? The Taylor Swift song is about. Please. Hit me up on any of the socials or email us at the silver linings Playcast at gmail.com because I have been wondering that question for a really long time. Okay. Uh, SHRM.org, the Society for Human Resources Management, says that 69% of employees are more likely to stay with a company for three years if there is a good onboarding program. Let's break this down for people that aren't familiar one the senior the society for human resources management shrm.org is actually a great website if you work in the corporate world or you work you know specifically if you were in the hr field the human resources management field yourself there's a lot of tools resources tips and articles on how to do your job more effectively it's sort of the latest studies trends here we're not doing a pitch for shrm.org now right now just know that i I'm kind of a business nerd and enjoy that website way more than I should. What is an onboarding program? An onboarding program is is a program where a company um, shows new employees, prospective hires, or people that have just got brought on. Basically, it's teaching them the systems, the tools, techniques, and procedures to help them better understand the job or task they're they're going to be doing. So they're saying that that companies that do a better job of having a program, of working new employees into their ranks, letting them know what their job is going to be and how to do it better, will have a much higher retention rate. 69% of employees are more likely to stay three years at that company, which is a significant amount because I believe most people quit their job, I don't know if it's in my case, two weeks after starting. Uh, that's putting in your two weeks notice that doesn't mean that's when we quit right Sometimes we quit before we show up on day one. Am I right? Up top uh, anyway yes from yahoobusiness.com sixty nine percent of firms realize they could sig- have, they could realize significant business benefits by shifting their real time decision making from minutes to microseconds. I don't know what that means. I mean, I kind of do. I just don't care to really discuss that right now because I feel like we've gone into way too much business stuff. Anyway. All right. I want to take a break for a minute talking about 69 Facts to talk about some really awesome stuff that is Silver Linings Playbook related. Kind of. One. Okay, so I have posted for years. For years. For years. On Facebook. For anywhere from six to nine years. I have been posting regular statuses. Not even around my birthday. Just randomly. I don't know why. I've always been like. I just wish that my girlfriend would buy me a wallet for my birthday. And I am so excited. Because I finally got one. Yes. I did. Two days ago. On October 11th. I had a girlfriend Uh, and got me a wallet for my birthday, Um, which I was both surprised, not surprised because I wasn't expecting a wallet, surprised because somebody cared enough to get me what I wanted for my birthday, which was super sweet not only that it was the perfect kind of wallet i've always wanted if anybody has been on a road trip with me for the last couple of years you will know my wallet was falling apart i had bought a wallet i believe at a truck stop uh years ago probably i'm guessing i don't remember if this is true i'm gonna make this up but it's gonna be one of those authoritative things that could totally be true I was probably at a flying J with Conrad B going to some ridiculous far-off comedy show we had been booked at where we were getting paid nothing. Uh, We were probably stopping somewhere between the hours of midnight and four o'clock in the morning, pulling over for gas and trying to stay awake. We were probably both super poor because we don't make a lot of money and the comedy shows... Are probably not underpaid. I like I like Flying J because uh, they've got great pizza. I'm not even saying they have good gas station pizza. I would buy a Flying J pizza if I had a Domino's, a Little Caesars, a Papa John's, a Marco's, a Pizza Hut, um, any of those like like pizza chains. Right around. And I I needed to buy a pizza. If I had a Flying J. I would get the Flying J pizza. Two slices. It used to be two for five. Now it's two for six. Times are tough. Anyway, I was probably at a Flying J. uh, Because I like Flying J's most. I like. I like Pilots Next. Pilots tied with loves. Even though Flying J and Pilots are owned by the same. uh, Corporate. Corporation. Um, but I don't like pilots as much. Pilot has great coffee, but Flying J is the only one that has the pizza. Now I've been told that Bucky's is amazing. I'm actually kind of concerned that I have had multiple friends be like, dude, I know you like truck stops. You've got to try Bucky's. One, why do people think I am that enthusiastic about truck stops? It's more I prefer to stop at a truck stop than a gas station that doesn't have full sit-in restaurants and stuff when we're traveling just because, you know, it's nice to, to stop and, you know, have a little home away from home sometimes when you're on the road on a long drive. Sometimes you talk to the truckers when you're hanging out. You can talk about different uh, routes, weather conditions, where you're coming from, where you're going, if there's any traffic slowdowns or something. Uh, sometimes, you know, you just have a conversation about, um, politics that you probably just didn't want to get into with a, with a trucker or something. I don't know. Cause I've sat in a lot of Arby's a- inside the, the stops and oh it is. So I do have this problem that I get disappointed cause Arby's is one of my more favorite of the fast food chains. And somehow there's, there's always, uh, Arby's is, is are more often found in loves and, not flying jays, but there's another reason I like flying jays. Flying jays often have Danny's Danny's being my favorite out of Waffle House, Huddle House, International House of Pancakes, uh, Denny's. They say Waffle House Hot hop. You know that that um, like the sit-in restaurant diner. I love Denny's, man. Denny is I love Denny's the way I love Silver Linings Playbook. The comedian Theo Vaughn, who I find absolutely hilarious, has a very disparaging bit about Denny's, and I think it is hilarious. That's how much I love Denny's. I don't pretend like it's the greatest thing in the world. I pre- I acknowledge it's one of my favorite things in the world. And it might be flawed, but that's, that's love sometimes. That's that compromise. That's working to a common goal. That's Excelsior. That's Silver Linings Playbook. I'm Pat Peoples and Denny's is Tiffany Maxwell. Sometimes you don't see the Denny's sitting right across from you in your face. Because you're thinking about Waffle House. And you just need to be like, stop. Where are you right now? You're already there. You're at Denny's. Which are also in Flying J's often. Which makes it a very difficult decision sometimes. When I go to a Flying J and I'm like, do I want pizza? Do I want Denny's? Often the decision is made for me by if I have time to stop. Because we, like I don't have to go into the difference. But I'm probably going to say it just out of habit. Uh, Denny's is a sit down restaurant. The pizza at the Flying J is literally right by the cash register. And it's sort of, oh, can I add two pieces of pizza to to my order? That's the way that works. So it's usually a time-based decision. It's not always... It's not always, I don't want to pretend like I'm not the kind of person that's ordered a whole pizza from scratch from Flying J before. I have, I have, I've been like, could I get a whole pizza? Whole pizza being $9.99, by the way. Actually, I don't know if it's still $9.99, but I know that when they had two for five, it was making it the best deal because you could get two pieces, which is a quarter of a pizza for $5, or you could get eight slices for $10. I'm not going to do math for you. If you don't get the whole pizza, you're stupid. (laughs) But anyway. What were we... Oh, yeah. So I was probably at the Flying J with Conrad, most likely. And got a... You know, you know what? No. I got the wallet at Walmart. Anyway. I got the wallet at Walmart. It was a Walmart wallet. I know because it, it was one of those that, like, had... Anyway. It was a chain wallet. So, if anybody's been on a trip with me in the last number of years, they probably know my wallet's been falling apart. My wallet does not hold money. I'm not saying that in like a metaphorical sense of like, I can't keep money in as soon as, like, no, it had a big hole in the bottom. How big was the hole? The whole bottom was open. It was really just too, too. Strips of leather that I squeezed money in between and then sandwiched into my pocket and just hoped the friction would hold the money in. If I had change, that stuff was going straight through. And I used to just put it in my wallet, let it drop on the floor. I know that some kid that came into that Flying J later would get that change. Yes, I know I said Flying J, right? I think we've established I got the wallet from Walmart, but I probably opened it at Flying J. If I had bought it at a Flying J... I would not have already been putting money into it. I always get wallets with chains. I used to wear a wallet with chains. I used to have motorcycles. I've had three different motorcycles in my life. Uh, I used to go for the whole biker motif, which is part of the reason that I often had the chain. Because, you know, if you're in a motorcycle, you want to keep the wallet in your back pocket. And if it happens to fall out, you want to make sure that it gets dragged along so that you can still get a second chance to get your wallet. Also, though, sometimes I just like the toughness of having a chain because I like to be one of those sad boys that wear chains out of the back of my pants while I listen to Alkaline Trio's radio on repeat over and over. Also, uh, that's probably in my, my sad boy phase when I was listening to Are We Out of the Woods on repeat, but I have fewer questions about the meaning of radio than I do Are We Out of the Woods, even though the words to radio are way more poetically confusing to me. Then are we out of the woods? None of it being as significant as Brian Adams' summer of 69. Anyway, so I got a wallet. I got a wallet for my birthday. She gave me a wallet for my birthday. Uh, Krista got me a wallet for my birthday. She's a Twitch streamer. Check her out on switch she has an awesome show where she plays games and talks to people and does like talk shows and she's been on other streamers game shows and it's super fun and engaging and you can check her out at uh City. that's that's her twitch stream handle i um i'm not sure i probably shouldn't have said her name except she's an actual person that i know the real person so i'm not giving away anything anyway you can follow her at, at on twitch at uh City k no 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 k the word Uh, It's spelled at C-A-E-C-I-T-Y, K-City, K-City. I'm getting distracted. She got me a wallet. She got me a wallet for my birthday, a leather wallet with a chain. Nowadays, I take the chain out as soon as I get the wallet because I'm not the person that wears the chain on my wallet. But I like having the chain because some days I still go out with the chain on my wallet when appropriate. I've done that on occasion. I like having the option. And you have the option to put a chain back on a wallet if the wallet started with a chain. But you do not have the option to put a wallet on a chain if the wallet didn't start with the chain. And so I just... I like having options in the future. She got me a wallet with a chain. And I am so happy. I instantly took the chain off. But the chain wallet that she got me is actually really cool. Because you can clip the chain on and off. And you don't have to do like that... um, key holder thing where you have the ring that you have to spin around a couple times and cut your nails off of your fingers and okay that's not the coolest part of the wallet right? What? You mean the coolest part of the wallet? Isn't the fact that it's the perfect wallet it's something you needed, it's something you wanted which is the the perfect Venn diagram of what a gift I think a perfect gift should be people say a gift should be something you want and something you not need but what if it's something you want and you happen to need too I'm a utilitarian guy. That's very practical. Wallet already. Perfect gift. Black. Check. Plain. Check. Leather. Check. Has a chain. Check. Given to me as a gift. Check. For my birthday. Check. But Jamie. How could this gift be even better than that? She got it customized. Customized. She got my wallet customized. it It has pressed into the letter perfectly across the opening. There's a little magnetic clip to keep it closed. Do you know what it says? Excelsior. Excelsior. I have an Excelsior wallet. Which, if you know play Silver Linings Playbook, if you know the Silver Linings Playbook, you know the significance of that phrase. If you know the Silver Linings play, podcast, Playcast, you know the significance of that phrase. Uh, if you've listened to the beginning of this podcast episode, you know the significance of that phrase. And now I have a wallet that says it. And I think there's no thing that I want to own that I think is more appropriate to have Excelsior on it because... Wallets hold your finances, wallets hold all your cards that have your ID. and your. So it's me. It's like my identity and everything I'm worth and all I own. My whole life is in that little black case and it says Excelsior. What does Excelsior mean? It means like let's have a good day. Every time I have to buy something, every time I spend money, every time I'm like, hey, should I do this? I pull it out of my wallet I pull I pull my wallet out of my pants and I look at it and I have this little reminder. Hey, you can do this, man. Now I've only had this wallet for two days, and I've only just put it on uh, put my money and stuff over to it for, for two days because I didn't do it on my birthday because my birthday was too busy. We we got up and opened gifts and I saw it. And I also got some other cool stuff um, that uh, I'll, that is not as important to describe because it is not Silver Linings Playbook related, but um, we went to an escape room. We went to an escape room, which is the first time I've ever been to one, and I was so excited uh, because it was so fun, and she kept it a surprise, and it was a really stressful drive to it. And we just barely made it. And the fact that we had, to, we had to go pick her brother up, who lived like an hour and 15 minutes away, and we drove through Chattanooga traffic. And there was a time zone difference because we were leaving from Alabama, and we called it way closer than we had. We got there with three minutes to spare before our start time, and it was very tense the whole way, and we made some wrong turns. And I have to say, <laughs> the drive to the escape room might have been just as exciting As the escape room kind of was. It was kind of like an escape drive. We were all sitting in the car being kind of like, all right, uh, let's work together to figure out how to get to this place none of us have ever been on time. We got there, and what is our reward for getting there on time? Being put through another hour of just absolute sheer stress. We solved the escape room. If you're not familiar with what an escape room is, you're probably not a person. They're very popular right now. Um, I won't go into describing what an escape room is. We did it. We did the most high tense one. They had different scenarios. I actually had to sign a waiver several days prior. She didn't tell me what we were doing and didn't let me see what the waiver was for. I just signed my name. On her phone because it was an escape room where they blindfold you and handcuff you and throw you in a dark room. And that's how you start it too because it's a whole kidnapping scenario. So it was even more exciting than just the regular escape room. We did so good. I know, technically well, right? We did so well, but we did good too. We solved everything. But the reason I am excited and think we did even better than normal... We solved it. They give you an hour. We solved the final clue at fifty-nine minutes, and we were about to take too long on it. And I, I am not saying that I did the best job, because I think combined some of the other participants might have might have numerically solved more clues. But I'm just saying we were getting to like minute fifty-seven. 58, 59, uh, and we had to solve a Morse code recording to find the number to get out. And they were like, "Hey, let's let's do it this way." And I had this great idea. I'm like, "Hey, don't try to try to solve every Morse code character as it is. Just tell me the dots and dashes. I'll write them all down, and we'll solve it in one fell swoop." We did. We hit the final number. The alarm was going off. That our time was up. And just like, boom, we got out. Uh, the, the fastest anybody has gotten out of the room, I think, was like 43 minutes. That's not what we were going for. We were going for style. We were going for Excelsior. We weren't looking at the past at who's done it better in the past, we were looking at defining our own present. We were sitting in that metaphorical Denny's saying, give me the Raisin brand. I'm accepting life right now, right here. That's what we did. That's what we did. We all dropped the microphone and we walked out that door. 59 minutes plus some, plus some is what they put on. I don't believe it. I think we solved it in the perfect amount of time. You try to do that. You try to solve an escape room in exactly an hour. That's way harder than than solving it faster. If we had tried, if they'd been like, we're going to see who can solve it closest to the perfect amount of time, that's like the price is right, guys. That's like trying to bid the perfect amount on the showcase showdown. Guess what? You win your showcase, you win the other showcase too now. Not just yours. I'm not going for just my prize. I'm going for all the prizes. And I won. Unfortunately, you don't get any prizes for for the escape room, so we just got our picture taken with that. Uh, then, then we went to Hooters. I could have gone anywhere, but I just thought it was going to be so funny to go to Hooters and... I'm going to be honest, I'm a little disappointed because I think everybody else was too okay with that. I think I, I thought I was going to say, you know, when, when they're like, where do you want to go for your birthday? And I was like, Hooters, I thought everyone was be like, oh no, you don't really. And everybody was way too easy with the idea of me asking to go to Hooters for my birthday. So I definitely probably want to work on how people think of me over the next year. That's my goal for this new age that I am, uh, is having people not think of me as the kind of guy that would go to hooters for my birthday unironically and also be the kind of person that they don't feel they need to recommend gas station truck stop food to i'm probably going to try out bucky's soon my next possible opportunity um apparently i did not know this 69 can have a a dirty connotation too I. I thought it was a very clean, we might have to get a little spicy for the end of my podcast episode, right? Um, So apparently, 69 originated as a meme during the French Revolution. In the 1790s, in the whore's catchism, which is attributed to the revolutionary figure, and I'm going to butcher this name because it is French, French, French. Theron de Mercure who described uh so neuf or 69 in french uh let's let's see if we can do the that. on trois is that on I, trois hat six c he want to say cease, but i feel like it's not 6. 6? Anyway, uh, he was the first person that was like, 69, and everybody was like... "Ah." Uh, um, So, yeah. So, when people say that, there's historical precedence for them laughing at that. Uh, I don't know what it means. I don't know what uh, 69 means sexually. But if you want to share that, definitely post that on the... I'm just kidding. I don't know what any of these mean. I don't know what any of these facts are or are going to be well guess what we are at 59 minutes that is 10 less than 69 but also this was a very special episode and I think I think we've been good we've been good for today because I haven't edited in the intro song but we made it to episode 69 Thank you so much for listening to the 69th episode of the Silver Linings Playcast. Thank you to those that have supported us up until, till now. Here's to another 69 great episodes and then 69 more and then 69 more and then 6900 more after that. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep doing this podcast until, um, either Let's not talk about that. Let's not talk about what's going to end this. Let's just talk about Excelsior and what's going to keep it going. I would love to have those of you that are listening to this and have not been on yet, let's talk soon about getting you on as a guest. You can tell from this episode, you can probably tell from every other episode you've heard you don't need to have a super strong understanding of Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, or the Silver Linings Playbook, the book. We'll find the significance in the conversation. All we got to do is talk about life. If you want to talk about what you've been up to, if you want to talk about your experience having listened to this, I'm always super interested to hear when people feel... Several questions. When do you feel that Pat Peoples fell in love with Tiffany Maxwell? When do you feel that Pat Solitano fell in love with tiffany um when do you feel that tiffany fell in love with pat do you think that they wanted romantic relationships friendships do you think that they met that same desire level at the same time when do you think they accepted the the relationship from one another i just want to know your feelings on those things Also, if you have questions about Silver Linings Playbook, the movie, or the Silver Linings Playbook, the book, or you have questions about life, I have no authority to answer them, but I have time. Hit me up on social media, uh, or if you have my personal contact info, to schedule a time for when you want to come on here and be a guest on here. Make sure to check out Silver Linux Playbook. We're on all the socials for future and upcoming episodes where we talk about, you know what two things we talk about. Thank you so much for listening. This has been a great episode. Until next time, we will see you down the road and excelsior. He's kind of crazy. She's a little insane. Keeping G really messes with his brain. One is divorced, the other's husband is dead. That's why it's so messed up in the head. It's a silver linings play cast. Oh, yeah.